He's seen that. Well, where you've had big guys um, that look like they should. You, you probably played next to some tight ends. That well, he, co- he coached McGlinchey. Um, can, can you speak Orlando? <laughs> D-Mac, can you just, I'm just no one invited I'm just you. Baffled. You know, I turned on the radio yet. today twice while I'm in the oh, car. No, no, no. Baffled <laughs> by the misrepresentation that's oh, going on. Oh, wow, Stokely and Zach. Oh. Okay, first of so all, our analysis oh. that, that that baffling analysis yeah. has been presented by ROX Roxy to get First of all, Adam didn't work yesterday. I turned on the show yesterday. Where the heck were you guys? I thought I was missing a staff meeting. One where Stokely and Zach was at. You guys are show yesterday. That's good. That's I good. thought I was missing okay. an important okay. staff meeting. Um, I worked this show yesterday, so that's where I was. Okay. I put in three hours. Did you put in three hours of radio yesterday? I put so, in um, two. Uh, well, how about you, Zach? I put in four. Two oh. hours at camp, two hours on the air. Oh! oh. 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 So I've had some seven-hour days then. That's what's up. Um, so, so what did you hear today? But I'm um, just talking about the, the pregame routine and stuff like that, Stoke. I All mean, right, it's, right, right. it's yes. very fitting to me that you would say, man, I want to know where I got to line up. What? All of a sudden, the 50 other times that you did a stretch before practice, you're just throwing that out the window now when you get to the game. It's, That's it, that receiver mindset. It's different. I'm going to go line up in a different spot. And I don't need a line up where I've been lining up for the other 50 times we had practice. I want to line up right beside the quarterback now because guess what? It's game day, huh, Stone? I, I want to be on the camera. <laughs> you got to get close to Peyton. It's the same exact routine that we, those guys have been doing since April. So I don't know why you got to practice but, today. But, no, it's, it's, it's a little bit different because now you're on the game field. You're coming out of the tunnel. You know, which side are you, you working on because you only got half the field. So... Um, you know, it's just a little bit different. Um, and then also your warm-up drills sometimes are just a little bit different. And then where you line up with your wide receiver coach compared to, you know, to do your little pre-warm-up drills. And then what do we do after that? You know, do we go to seven-on-seven seven and then team? And then do we kick field goals at the end? All this is of KKFN, that stuff. KKFN, KKFN, HD1 Longmont, Denver. Wow. That's very rude of you. I was just so focused. I was just so focused. Definitely. I just think that you're – you know, you're you like I I know when I was when I was especially when I was a young player that stuff would give me anxiety just about like where to go where to line up where to be and I think with new guys and also I think we'd be very critical of Sean Payton if it was looked disorganized and you had some young guys that didn't know where they were going and that were running around in the wrong spot and and lining up and stretch at the wrong spot and you have you know the defensive side of guys on that side and then all of a sudden there's an offensive side honestly offensive guy. I, honestly I would give Sean Payton a pass for the simple fact that there's 90 guys out there. On game day, there's only going to be 46. This thing's going to get condensed down so much. For me, when I look at this, though, from the time I was at the University of Miami, coming to the Denver Broncos, then going to the Chargers, playing in Washington, I've done the same thing every single time. Uh, okay, we're going to run out as an offensive line. We're going to bring it up. We're going to stretch. And then we're going to, offensive line, we're going to go down to the back, back of the end zone. You're going to get one run block. You're going to get one pass block. And then the D-line's coming down. You're going to do one pass block, one run blocking. That is it. Now we're going to team. It's been the same order of operations in, the, but, in four different places for me. I know, but that's not the same way for everyone. Okay, so you what, know, I, what, I, changed, what has changed? Educate me. Uh, because what, to me, it's just like, why the hell well, are we doing well, this? Well, different sides of the football field. And then uh, different sides of the football field. And then some people like to... But if you're their order, team, their you're, order, you're their, normally the furthest. Their order of operations is different. Like, I've been on teams where we finish with field goal. I've been on teams where we, where we finish with punt, you know, during our warm-ups. I've been on teams where... You know, it's it's wide receivers, and then and then we go to seven on seven. So it's it's you know, 
I think every coach has like a little bit of a different way that he likes to do things. And on a day like today, what else are you going to do? It's the day before the game. What else are you going to do at practice? So you might as well make sure that all your pregame stuff is, is buttoned up. the first up. time you're looking at Arizona. What's you that? You could do a lot of other things. You can try to give these guys the best opportunity to go out there and excel. You guys are talking about Albert O. Um, how about extra film for him? How about, you know, extra walkthrough? How about, you know, walking through the run game because you're going to be out there with the threes tomorrow night? You should dominate because a lot of these guys are going to be on their couch a week and a half from now. Could be, but I think, you know, it's the little things um, should be important. And with the, with the young guys that don't know quite the order of operations and how it's going, you know, the old guys, man, especially with Sean Payton, he's new. You know, this is his first year here, so it's not like these guys have been with them for three or four years. I don't think it's a big deal. I think they, they want to look sharp. They want to look like they're organized. And, you know, on a day like today, if, if Albert O wants to get some more film, then – you know, go in after practice or watch it on the plane. I don't, Can I, don't, I just get my apologies for being misrepresented? <laughs> no, no, I still disagree with you. I was at work yesterday. No, I was going to talk about I no, wasn't at work no, yesterday no. when you, you I, only did two hours. I, no, I said you weren't at the Players Club yesterday. Did you do the Players Club? I heard Orlando wasn't at work yesterday. Yes. No. That's how it came up. I meant for the Players Club. That's what I meant because Zach was saying, y'all, you said it yesterday. I said you didn't say it yesterday because you weren't on the Players Club yesterday. Yeah. I, I, I apologize for saying that Thank you weren't you, at work because you did work to drive. It. You know what my favorite part of your show today was? Coming in and hearing about handsome older men. Just uh, <laughs> hearing about handsome older men. I think you were going to talk about handsome older women, but then you oh, pivoted yes. to yeah, yeah, yeah. But we were talking about Albert O. Like, 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 like he's, he's, he's one of these guys where it's just like you, you, you see a handsome older, uh, you know. Uh, well, I, I like to pivot. If we went to handsome older men. Handsome yeah. a man, beautiful woman. They're single, but they're not trying to be. And it's like, how are they? What's, what, what am I missing? I'm missing something. Albert Okuwebenam produced in the SEC uh, to a level that was... One of the best touchdown catchers for a tight end in the history of the SEC. When you were thinking about ha- handsome older man, was it just stink in your mind, or where where, where were you? It was like was a the... Richard Greer type. Richard Greer, you know, Richard Greer, you've handsome older man. Yeah, yeah. Does it's, it, you know, couldn't couldn't make it go with Cindy Crawford? No. no. Was that a thing at one point? That's, at that point, it was. Okay. Yeah, I believe okay. it was. Yeah, I don't I don't know what's going on with Richard Greer these it's days. Like Albert Albert O. Like there's something seriously missing. He's six foot five, two sixty, produced in the best college conference in the country. Yeah, yeah. Yet every team passed on him at least four times. Um, you know, he runs a like a four four. Yeah. Um, and he, he's not going to make the football team. Why, why isn't he married? Why why was you know what's going on? Um, maybe he just understands that he's handsome. Some guys <laughs> understand. Hey, that's I am enough. Handsome. I want. Yes. I want to ride this thing out a little this bit. This is a one pony. That's why I spe- specifically was like, you're not trying to be. Like you're not trying to be single. And I think mm. we've all met those people. Like what? Like what? What are we missing there? What are we missing? He's just at dinner with a date and just not saying anything. He's just not even trying. Just look, look how handsome I am. You know? Just look look at me. You know? He's just uh, weighing his options, D-Man. He's about to get cut is what he's about to do unless yeah. something uh, significant turns around. Yeah. You know, you, you guys asked me a question when I first got here. and It's, it's just it's not in some guys as far as putting their hand in the dirt and saying, you know, I'm going to battle this person and I'm going to make this person concede. That's what I've seen out of Alberto. It's not in him. He doesn't want to do it. He's yeah. never wanted to do it. I don't see the desire. And it's just that's so that's crazy though it. because it's it's literally hold hit, holding him back from being the legitimate professional football player that a lot of people thought he could be, and it's it, um, blocking 
in my opinion, and I never played in the NFL, but I'm just speaking freely, blocking is kind of like rebounding. Yeah. Half of it is desire oh, yeah. and effort and oh, positioning. Yeah. And then, you know, if, if you meet that requisite, you can kind of figure it out if you're so good at these other stuff when you're big and fast and you're a pass catcher. But the fact that he can't check that box and he's fifth on the depth chart is like, holy moly. Maybe he just what? doesn't want to, man. Like, that Johnny Manziel documentary. If I got to watch oh, that. Oh, my goodness gracious. You, you watch it, too? Yeah. Okay, that it, might be tonight. Uh, he he clearly just, uh, this is not a spoiler. He clearly just didn't want to play football anymore. Yeah. Not really. Not really. He liked elements of it when it was easy, but he did not like the work that it takes to be a professional. And I don't know that he ever liked that, the work that it ever took. I don't think, I think so. I think it was high school, college. Right. Like, it was easy I, to him. Some, know, some things came easy to just him. Just finding out. Like, it's something so easy. Right? When we talk about, like, watching film. You would, like, when I played in the NFL, I watched seven games of the person that I was getting ready to go against. So from Tuesday on, I would find a way to get from Tuesday through Saturday night. It was seven games. I was going to watch that individual in seven different games. He watched zero. He watched zero <laughs> at the quarterback Period. position. Yeah, I saw that. Zero. As, like, as, a, as a quarterback in the NFL. Yeah. Zero. Like his film hours. His zero. study, His play is in the playbook, yeah. you know. So with him, he's just riding out. But Some maybe guys Albert get by hey man, with yeah, talent. Maybe just that's based Albert off of their talent. What Albert should have did after year one, even after year two, heck, even after year three, is said, "I'm not going to catch a pass. I'm not going to run a route in the off season. All I'm going to do is I'm going to find me a facility that uh, is going to allow us to bring our helmet and shoulder pads, and I'm just going to run on my run block and pass blocking. That's all he should do. Because if he could get that down, the kid could be a flat out star. He could create mismatches every day of the week. Like, I mean, every single game that you go into, and I look at the Broncos this year, they got 17 games, right? I could see where Albert O could be useful in every single one of these games. Right. Yeah, guess who cared about the offseason? Cortland Sutton apparently cared about the offseason. Russell Wilson cared about the offseason. Albert O did get numbers in the SEC at Missouri. That wasn't exactly taking the SEC by storm, but, you know, he put up numbers there with Drew Locke. Yep. I don't know, we'll man. We'll be starting tonight on NFL Network. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, also, um, games tonight, Daddy Duty, good luck. Heard, yep, you, heard yep, you earlier. Yep. Uh, Phil Mickelson. I, wow. I, 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 It's insane. I, a billion. A billion. A billion dollars. Somebody's got a problem. With a, with a billion dollars, but a hundred million in losses. So... Is that pretty good? <laughs> where, where do you actually put that? Yeah, so it's, the thing, like if you're if you're betting if um, you're if you're betting just um, you know this or that, like the total over under or the spread or whatever, like it's it's kind of like flipping a coin, you yeah. know. And because Vegas is making it easy as possible, so I could see a world if he bet a billion and he walked away with a hundred million in losses because you're you're winning some of those bets. Mm. Um, that's just unconscionable because he never he never made a hundred million on the course. I mean, to keep it in well, perspective, wouldn't it be like in your life you bet a thousand dollars and overall you lost a hundred? Yeah, I yeah. mean that's yeah. not bad. Every yeah. person I've ever talked to about Las Vegas says if you leave even, you've had a great week. That's right, right? Yes. So hey, so he's <laughs> down ten percent, <laughs> but it's all, all right. <laughs> okay, I mean it's all relative, right? Yeah. So he's down ten percent of his overall gamblings. It just so happens that number is $100 million. And, and, and that's just according to, uh, who is it, Billy Walters? Uh, I think the name is the, the, the world-famous gambler. Right. Um, but he had another outfit that he bet through as well. So who really knows what the real number is? But that was, I mean, F- Phil made $96 million on the course in winnings. Yeah. Even if you said he made 
three times that off the course. Which he did. He made tons of endorsements. He was always one of the biggest endorsers in the world. No doubt. Yeah. He, was a, he was a darling uh, in the advertising world. But even if you said he made $400 million. And I think that's probably about right. It could be. It could be. Um, but that's like... And you're gambling a billion, yeah. Uh, and you're and you tried to put 400k on the Ryder Cup. But that means he's had some big wins too. Totally, you know, he's totally. had some crazy wins to get it all the way to a billion dollars, while his life savings is maybe 500 million or life earnings is 500 million, maybe more. Who knows? Yeah, he said according but, to him that he's close to being a billionaire again and hasn't bet in years. Oh, is that right? Yes. All so right. he responded to well, a Twitter he was, comment. He was quick to jump on that live tour, though, man. No doubt, so, 200 you know, million. Yeah, man, he, he needed some reasons to go over there. Man, and, and when you're betting in those amounts, and they're saying over a 30-year period, so through 90% of that time, it's illegal, you're betting through offshore mob stuff. And, man, you, who Dicey life. No doubt. No no doubt. Dicey no life. That's a, that's a wild book that that guy wrote, though, huh? I cannot wait to read it. Yeah. I cannot wait to read it. All right, well, good luck on Daddy Duty. Thank you. Get him, get him focused. Just, yes. Just for the night? Uh, well, last night too. Uh, tonight it's back to school. School starting. So, and my wife's a teacher, so she's she's at her school. Last night she was at his school. Um, so yeah, it'll be um, it'll be me and the kiddos and watching preseason football and yeah, hanging out. Hey, go Cherry Creek School District, bro. Let's yes. go. Yep. Let's go Cherry Creek. All right. Well, we're off and rolling this gorgeous day, and yeah, we have uh, the Broncos to talk about, but no training camp. Uh, the depth chart, sure, interesting. The tight end situation and much, much more. This is The Drive on the Fan. It's Training Camp 2023. Lincoln Tech. Put your potential to work. Presents The Drive. Right, here we go. We got Dean, Dean, we got Orlando, Franklin. What's going on? We got uh, KJ. What's up, bro? Still? They weren't paying attention. No, I said still. Yeah. <laughs> Kistner, thumbs up. What's up? Drew, I saw Drew at one point. I don't know where he went. He's right out here talking to talking Zach. Talking to Zach, figuring things out. Got to figure things out. Got to figure things out when you're on daddy duty. <laughs> a dad and plus we got a big day tomorrow. You got a, oh, 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 oh. Big day tomorrow. Big day tomorrow. I don't know if you and uh, Stokely hashed out whatever you were hashing out there. Uh, did you figure it out there with you and Stoke? With yeah, I don't really know there? how we uh, ended that thing, but I got the yeah, apology. I, that was the most important thing. You got the, the apology. Yeah, the misrepresentation of the. There's some driving in Orlando. Wasn't at work yesterday. It's just like what? Ah, uh, uh, I see. Yeah. That that was the most important. thing. Yeah, that was 100 percent the most important. Yeah, thing. So we we got that done. I'm just making sure we're checking all the boxes here. Yeah. Got to. It's Thursday, man. We, the week's winding down. You got to make sure you go into the weekend feeling good about what you put in this during the five days of work, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you start checking those boxes on Thursday? <laughs> I start checking. Those. Start I'm on a flight to AZ tomorrow, baby. <laughs> I got a fellas trip this weekend. I got, I got to start checking them today. All right. How many guys are on the fellas trip? Uh, me plus four. Plus four. Yeah. Of of those plus four, how many guys could you do without? Like who's unnecessary? Not specifically by name, but like no, they're all they're all cool. They're, they're all they, necessary. Yeah they're, yeah, they're all cool. All amazing dudes. Um, uh, equally, yeah, yeah, equally. There's not a pecking uh, order. There's a no no pecking order. I enjoy you know hanging out with the, these group of men 
equally. Really? We've done, we actually quarantined together during COVID, like where we just huh? house hop. So like during uh, COVID, yeah. they live in my neighborhood. Yeah. We all have kids that, that are right around the same age. Yeah. And we would say, okay, we're going to do a play date this week at this house. Okay. And we will do a, you know, couple's dinner at this house as well. So we would do two events each week with so each other. So you guys are kind of rotate. Breaking rules left and right. Um, why is that breaking rules? Well, I, well, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what I rules mean, were. I mean, I'd have to, I'd have to have friends yeah. in my neighborhood to figure out what it meant to like have, you know, have people over. I, I'm over. sure a lot of people did it. I mean, it made it easier. And for me, you, you just hope it's the week where the play date is not at your house mm. and the couple's dinner is not at your house as well. Yeah. So now it's just like, yeah, I get to go. And now all the guys are going to Vegas. Up, stuff up and the for, guy, the crew's all going to Vegas. Uh, yeah. So we've or done. Or not Vegas. Where, where are you going? Uh, uh, we're going to Arizona. So we've okay. done Vegas. We did Vegas last year. The yeah. year before that, we went up um, to Blackhawk the year before that. Our wives have done Colorado Springs, the, Vail. And the wives are friendly. Oh, the this is Everybody how, gets along. This is how the guys got together. Right? I don't it's believe the wives that, that started this there's thing. There's no way all the wives are equally friends and all the guys are equally friends. There's just no way. Uh, That's I, ridiculous. I, I, the guy, all the guys are equally friends. I know that for a fact. <laughs> I don't, You're not sure no, about the ladies. Yeah, I'm no comment. <laughs> don't know who's listening. That could be a I don't know who's story. in the car right now. <laughs> I heard uh, the boys talking about the tight end situation, and uh, listen, I absolutely respect uh, the Zoakley Show. Are you kidding? Those guys are the best. I, I do think, though, I, I don't think it's so cut and dry about Dulcich and Troutman the way they were putting it. I, I really am going with what Sean Payton said that, listen, you got to make the list somehow. I don't really think there were messages being sent to Greg Dulcich. I think Dulcich is going to be used uh, in a whole ton of packages. You know, Payton said, look at the snaps at the end of the day. Yeah. And I think, okay, that's fair. So I don't think that's actually that big of a deal. Yeah, when you have the number one and number two tight end, honestly, it's sometimes the number two tight end could end up playing a lot more snaps than your number one. Typically, you're trotting out 11, hey, you know, first play of the game, let, let's establish the run. Let's see how the defense adapts to our one tight end and our, you know, our one running back and our three wide receivers. Are they going to stay base or are they going to go nickel in this situation? And if they stay base, you know, you got options to throw the ball. You should be the numbers just should be better for you if they go nickel. Say, man, we we should be able to run the football on these guys today. So, I look at a guy like Greg Dulcich. You're going to play just as much, yeah. if not more, than Trout. So I don't think that's a message. I don't think it's a big deal. I don't think that's. I don't really think it's anything. I think Albert O and where he is is incredibly significant. It's definitely a message that is being sent. That to me is completely different yeah. than than the other two guys. And Manhurts is just listed where he's listed. He's gonna make the team. He's he's a he's a blocking tight end. If he catches three passes all year, that would probably be a lot. He is a mammoth human being. So and you know he's he's got the crazy story because he didn't even play college football. He was a college basketball player at Canisius, just outside of Buffalo, and you know he just caught people's attention and. Well, now you're a football player. That is the amazing thing about football, Orlando. If you are a certain body type and athletic ability, your experience in football... It doesn't really matter. It doesn't... At certain positions. At certain positions. Really? Well, I mean, look at Manhurts. 
He was a basketball player all through college. Now he's in the NFL. Yeah, but it, who's I, that? Who's I, that guy? I, that receiver that was a lacrosse player for the, uh, and then he was a receiver there for the Patriots. Oh that man, guy. I forgot. What's his face guy? He but you look at a guy like Jason Peters. He's he played tight end all of his life, and then Buffalo was like, "Hey, we're going to turn you into an offensive lineman," and he turns into a franchise left left tackle. So for me, I, when you're saying at certain positions, what, what what exactly do you mean by at certain positions? Because I truly believe that it's either you have a physical nature and you love the violence and you love the physicality of it, or you don't. As long as you love the physicality of it. Man, it doesn't matter if you Julius played football Tuck, growing up no, and, no, I, and all that stuff. I, no, well, I mean, I guess I agree. I and mean, yeah. that's what I was saying. Okay. It doesn't matter. You're 6'6", 260. Maybe you're an okay basketball player. I mean, 6'6", yeah. 260 would be heavy for, like, an NBA player. But 6'6", Chris Chris Hogan. Thank yeah. you. Thank you, Rooftop. Chris Hogan played lacrosse at, like, I don't know, Penn State or something. And then he was in the NFL. I mean, fast is fast. I mean, do you remember the days they tried to, to make Ronaldo Nehemiah way back in the day a receiver who was a world-class track star? Yeah, some people are just idiotic, I think, when you look at the game of football and they try to do a little bit too much. When I look at a guy like Devin Hester, why wasn't he was playing wide receiver at the University of Miami? Why did, was he a cornerback? Why he's the fastest person, one of the fastest people in college football? Just put him out there and say, go. Just You're going to run nine routes all day, and we're going to see if you can get behind the defense. If you get behind the defense, we'll throw it to you. If you don't get behind the defense, that means they're looking at you and you've drawn their attention, so we'll throw it underneath. What kind of player is Julius Thomas? Uh, great player, but right? I'll go back even further than that. I was at the University of Miami. I was a part of the meeting where me and uh, Mark Whipple went to Jimmy Graham and tried to convince him not to go overseas with that basketball contract that was put in front of him to, hey, come play football for a year with us and just see what happens. Right. And the guy's still playing football right now. Well, yeah, because you weren't going to make it in the NBA. Make it in the NBA is really, really hard. I'm not saying you couldn't have played some level of professional basketball. I mean, it's a big world. There's all sorts of places for you. Yeah, but, yeah, you, you, you would have played overseas. It, it would have never been this type of notoriety. Mean, the, yeah, no, the, your success and what you're going to do in the NFL, I, I think we're going to see a weird one. I really do think we're going to see a weird one with Kyler Murray. I think Kyler Murray is going to just be done with football, and I think he's just going to go to baseball. Mm. And I think he's going to have a pretty good baseball career. It's only been a couple years away from him. Our guy, Joel Klatt. How about our guy, Joel Klatt, who was... He was in the building today, huh? Oh, was Joel Klatt here? I didn't know that. Uh, Joel Klatt was here? No, no, no. Brock Heward Brock 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 was, was, was here. Yes. Yeah, uh, I mean, there's... Joel like, Joel was a minor league but professional baseball player. Didn't work out. Life on the road was, was rocky. So, you know, he was like the world's oldest freshman quarterback at CU. But but a lot of these guys. Brock Heward was here. I bet you Brock could have played... I don't know, man. I bet he was a great baseball and basketball player. I mean, these guys are the freakiest of freaky athletes. You know, yeah. they can do all sorts of things. So, to me, Dulcich will figure it out. I think Alberto was a freaky athlete. I think he is a freaky athlete. But, man, if you don't have the desire, dude, it's way too hard to play football. But I promise you this. if Even if Alberto was cut this year, he will get another opportunity in the NFL. He'll get a shot, but he'll probably just, you know, I think of another guy with the Broncos who's probably just too skinny for the position was Jarvis Moss back in the day. Florida guy. Not a Miami guy. Florida guy. Oh, I know exactly who Jarvis is. Okay, okay. But where's where was that desire? I don't. I think he lacked what I was talking about. Some guys go. just love the physicality of it, and some, some guys, guys don't. don't. That's it. And sometimes you just avoid it until you get to the NFL. 
It's weird, right? You're able to avoid it. Yeah, because you're, you're you in remember, high school running past people. You're you remember in college Jake Long's, what's it called? That play, right? Where he took Jarvis Moss and drove him down the field 15 yards and dumped him on his back. Put him to the club. Took him just, out of the club. Just, just, just threw him right out the club, right? So you remember that highlight, and you're just like, oh, okay. For me, I was like, is this guy like physicality? I don't really know. Like, he's been able to get by on just his pure athleticism. But if yeah. you catch him one time, he's just like, oh, there's nothing I could do. There's nothing I could do. And he just lets you kind of do what you will with him. Well, I think Alberto's got one shot. <laughs> Dude, I think it's tomorrow night. I, I, I don't know, man. I, I don't know what to say here. I don't know how he makes it. You got other options. You got other – how many times are you going to get the ball to Alberto when you got Cortland Sutton who decided to turn himself into the Incredible Hulk? You have Jerry Judy. Ah, heck, you got you got this uh, Michael Burton guy who you can throw the ball three or four times to a game. Yeah, so here's the thing real quick, D-Mac. Alberto is going to probably end up not being on this football team because Sean Payton is not going to do what you, we saw Nathaniel Hackett do and what we saw Vic Fangio do and say, okay, yeah, I could get by by having – all these different guys in a room, and, you know, we could just put these guys in certain situations. Well, there's already a Greg Dulcich, and Sean Payton's saying, okay, I've seen this young man, and he is, you know, he'll put his nose in there a little bit more, and he'll try at least a little bit harder to to get this blocked. And so I'm not doing this. I'm not going down this road with Alberto and having all these guys that specialize in things. We've already done that. I've done that before, and you can't have – more than one of those guys. You can get by with one of those guys, but when you start having a room where there's four guys like that, you're going to be a bad football team because of it. Well, speaking of lack of desire, I'm glad you saw the Johnny Manziel thing. So, a little bit of a spoiler alert here, okay? But, uh, a little bit of one. But we'll get into the Johnny Manziel thing, which was just outrageous. And, you know, lying and stealing and talk about a lack of desire. And if you want to see what has to happen in a positive way for these guys playing on the Broncos tomorrow night and guys who just end their career. The Johnny Menzel story next. Yeah. I don't know who sang it. You make me happy. You made me oh, happy. Oh, go. I know that. I don't like know who, who was it. This is Before I Let Go by Frankie uh, Beverly and Maze. I like it. Well, that's, that's a tasty little jam here on us. Probably Thursday afternoon. Some clouds coming in over the tech center. A nice day. Again, what I'm talking about. Remember when it rained like every day and sucked in the summer? And... Man, those days are gone. Dude. Yeah, what was that? A couple weeks ago? It's been super hot the last You made me happy. This is what Johnny Manziel said once a month. Man. He got on a plane to Miami to sign those autographs. Oh. (laughs) Hey, my buddy, my buddy from high school figured it out, man. It's like, we're just going to go down to Miami once a month for 30 grand. And sign things over and over and over again. It wasn't just Miami, though. Bro, why, why stop in Miami, yo? Yeah. We, we, what was it, some Hawaii trips were out there? Well, how are we going to explain it? How are we going to explain it to everybody when I'm pictured with uh, Drake and LeBron? I mean, I'm a, I'm a red shirt sophomore. 
My kid, my kid was my kid's a red shirt junior this year. Yeah, he's a red shirt. I can't even imagine him hanging out with Drake. He's but, lucky if he's allowed to listen to Drake. But here's the thing: I, I don't think it was much of the explaining the stars because as you're watching that documentary, there were people that were shocked that oh my goodness gracious Johnny's in the building like they wanted to meet him just as much as they might have wanted to meet Johnny Manziel more than he wanted it to meet him was, Johnny just wanted to party it was and insane. enjoy what was going on around him after a game so what did they do to explain all the money he was spending they just lied about his parents being from oil <laughs> I, I thought Johnny Manziel's parents were from oil uh, so did I. They just like bought oil, like yeah. at the at the at the gas station. They well, were from oil. They they were like a nice Texas upper middle class. They were just kind of a normal family. They yeah. they're nothing special. They weren't struggling to get by, but at the same time, they weren't just saying, "Let's but go do this." Manzel was a liar. His family were a bunch of liars. They just lied, man. What do you do in that situation if you're his family, though? You Honestly, tell them to Ruth, oh, Ruth. Oh, your you, son just your son just went to Texas A and M. They enabled they enabled all his bad behavior, and because they enabled it, it's death spiraled at the end. He learned no lessons. He he uh, Sumlin, his coach, allowed him to get away with murder. The NCAA suspended him for a half. What a joke. Every single person in his life let him get away with murder until he sank to the bottom of the ocean. Exactly, but why did they do that? Because Texas A&M was reaping the benefits. Because Coach well, they was all reaping were. The benefits. They all because were. Because Cliff Kingsbury was reaping. Everybody, Cliff Kingsbury says that after the first game when they lost it, he has a true freshman where it's like, I should have just let him, let him do his thing. Like, basically, like, I should not call plays for this guy. I should not try to make him play in the structures of this offense. I should just let him do whatever the heck he wants. This is after a guy played, an 18-year-old played one game in college football. Insane. <laughs> they, the, the, they, they were going to concoct a scheme that his, his parents or mom were in the hospital, so he I don't think that actually happened, but that was something they they were trying to figure out. So how did he get out of the, how did he get out uh, of the combine and just, drug test? Just left, I guess. I don't know. Didn't participate. Everybody was riding the coattails of Johnny Football. Great nickname. Amazing nickname. And if you want to see, and hey, man, the Texans, they knew he was trouble. The Cowboys, they knew he was trouble. And the Browns, like a pack of non-smart football people. And this is what I told you. Don't draft quarterbacks in the 20s. I told you that. There's only two teams who have done it three times. The Browns and the Broncos. Can you name all six? Brandon Whedon, Brady Quinn, Johnny Manziel, Tommy Maddox, Tim Tebow, and gosh, and Paxton Lynch. Mm. So two teams have done it three times. Only 11 teams have even bothered drafting quarterbacks in the 20s because you're letting all the teams that are bad tell you we don't like this guy. Yeah. It's a red flag like nobody's red flag. <laughs> and the Browns deserve every bit of misery coming their way for a terrible decision on him. <laughs> and he he made him pay for it. Oh, it was the craziest thing in terms of documentaries I've ever seen. And I have no idea why he agreed to do it. Dude, I'm watching that documentary last night, D-Mac, and I'm like, Johnny Manziel's life was amazing until he got drafted to the NFL. And he just burnt the heck down. He was living the life that I, you know, envisioned myself living until he got drafted to the NFL. Yeah, because get to the NFL, it's like everybody gets paid. We all got money. Now what? Now you got to work. 
Now it's not so easy. Yeah, it's crazy just how he was out there able to kind of just freestyle and and get by and and not only get by, just be so more superior than anybody else that was around him and everybody that he had to play against. For A&M in their first year in the SEC to beat Alabama with Johnny Manziel is, I mean, it's (laughs) mind-blowing. And the net gain on the backside of it was a $700 million stadium. A seven hundred million dollar stadium. But you, when, wow! When, so also when you're watching that, right? And Johnny's like, he knew what was going on his his freshman year, and he's talking about you know AMM and and bringing them into a back room, and he's sitting there for hours signing autographs for the boosters, and that's Absolutely. when he's realizing like how much money is really coming in from these boosters, and how much now the school's profiting. Like for me, I, I'm looking at the kid. And I'm, <laughs> I'm, gonna, okay. I'm just gonna be a little careful, but but I mean, he's sitting up there talking about yeah. So long as I'm the head of this thing, no, the athletes will right. not get paid. They will never be paid to play. They're they are students. But Texas A&M brings over seven hundred million dollars in in one year. Are you kidding me? Right Is now, there, has there ever been anything more corrupt in the world of sports? And now this is a tricky one because you have Olympic sports and other things. But has there ever been anything more corrupt than college football in um, in the world of sports? When you, I, when you I, look at it in total. No, I don't think. I, I think it has to be college football because the amount of revenue that's gained on college right. football each and every year is it, there's a reason why a lot of these teams just go into these conferences. In the ACC, everybody that makes it to a bowl game, that money is divided up. So it doesn't matter if you are if you suck and you don't make it to any bowl games. Like You still are getting millions of dollars each and every year because there are six, seven, eight teams that are going to big-time bowl games. All right, so games. big question quickly, though. If NIL existed back with Johnny Manziel and he didn't have to keep everything undercover like he did. Wow. Well, does he succeed when he gets to the NFL, or does he still implode? Because um, he doesn't have yeah. to keep all that secret now. He can just do it. I, I think he succeeds because I think it's handled a little bit differently. First of all, I don't think he's running out of Texas A&M. He stays. Why stays would he for leave? a couple more years. Why would yeah, he leave? Life's great. I mean, right. he would have been like Michael Jordan back in the day, right? How right. He, when you look at that movie Air where it talked about, I just gave a player like revenue out of each shoe that sold. Like Johnny Menzel would have set an unprecedented. Just stay. Yeah, just so it doesn't make sense to leave in that situation right. like that. Right. With that being said, you would have definitely, I think there would have been a correction at that point with like the drinking and all off the field stuff that were happening. I'll guarantee you this. If he stayed one more year, he's a top 10 pick. No doubt about it. Absolutely. No doubt about it. As long as he doesn't, you know, do something really, really stupid. Okay. Off the field. Well, really good documentary. I, it's one of these, like, I don't know if he's going to be okay tomorrow. Like a lot of these documentaries you look at and you're like, well, at least they got their life together. They're okay. This one just ended and was like, whoa, okay. How about his friend? Like him and his friend, best friends growing well, up, not playing now. high school football. They haven't talked to each they other in years. Talked to each other since Johnny decided he was declaring for the draft. Like they never spoke to each other ever again. Johnny Manziel's got his own problems, and he's got to be accountable for him. 
But his agents and friends and parents and coaches and the college should be ashamed of themselves. They should be ashamed that they did that documentary. Like, Cliff Kingsbury had no business on that documentary, in my opinion. It is absolutely No business. Like, guys that were talking that were supposed to be authority figures and trusted to, to help mold these young men. Because you walk into college as a as a young man, you come out as a, a grown-up. And, and for me, I was just finding myself sitting there shaking my head over and over yesterday because a lot of people around him, in my opinion, failed him. Crazy. Good stuff, though. Hey, did you guys see it? You saw it, Drew? Well, if you have it. KJ? Yeah, no, yeah. I, 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 I saw it today, and I was I'm blown away. shocked, dude. I'm so blown away. I, 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 I'm still processing it right now as we speak. Like, Drew? It's crazy. Oh yeah, I saw it. It was amazing. It was amazing. I mean, I can't believe they did it. Yeah, I can't believe they did. It. Well, go see it because I can't believe this documentary even exists. Yeah. This, this is the drive on the fan. It's training camp 2023. Lincoln Tech. Put your potential to work. Presents the drive. It's going down. I'm yelling to my. You better move. You better dance. Let's make it. Some people are suggesting that FIFA is more corrupt. The Olympic Committee. I don't know, man. Sure. There's corruption all over the place in sports, but... And this is why I struggle, y'all, with college football, man. I do. I struggle with it. I want to love it. I get it. I love the traditions and the games and the matchups and all that. It's all cool and... Prime and see you, and then you see a documentary like Johnny Manziel, and you're like, oh, yeah, college football's wicked corrupt, and uh, they're just doing these kids, or they had been doing them dirty for years, and uh, they don't care about them. And all the coaches are crazy overpaid guys, and the commissioners don't care, And but we all love it. Well, how about the MLB for the it. amount of time they benefited off of PEDs? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, but okay. Well, you're getting into something a little bit different, there, right, too. Well, okay. No, at least so, they're getting paid in the first place. Yeah. So look, this is how I look at it. But, but I know what you're saying. You, every school, to a certain extent, is doing something illegal. So <laughs> let's just go ahead and, and do this. Uh, these NIL deals. I, I promise you, when you start digging into each and every one of these schools, they're finding every loophole possible. To either try to take care of their athletes or try to make sure that this person comes to this school. When I went to the University of Miami in 2006, DMA, I got kicked out of UM after summer one because the NCAA flagged my high school freshman English class out of Toronto, Canada. Mm-hmm. So I had to remove out of remove myself out of school, go back to high school, and retake this ninth grade English class. Every single day, wake up, go to class. You had to go to class? I had to go to class at Atlantic High School in Delray Beach, Florida, as a 6'6", 315-pound, 18-year-old, walking around Freshman with a bunch of 13- or 14-year-olds. Freshman oh. in high school. Wait. I had one class. What? Yeah. What? Couldn't do it online. Couldn't do it in credit lab. You had to go to- I had to go to class You were in the same class day. as a bunch it of 13-year-olds. Was, it, it was a joke. But I got... How'd you do in the class? 
I got by. <laughs> Cease for degrees. What you don't know is in the next row, dog. Come on, man. You just got to get through this thing. Um, wait, 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 wait. What you don't know is in the next row. Yeah. That is awesome. You ain't cheating. You ain't trying. I what you don't know is in the next row. Oh, my God. That is great. I How about this? How about this? Um, oh, my Lord. You, 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 football, football. Uh, D-Mac, look at this. Yeah. Football is number two. Football is number two, and school is number one. I had that conversation at some point, too, where it's a mixed messages that are being sent. But I got six new official visits to go to different colleges, and I just wanted to visit FAU because our defensive line coach my year before in high school became the GA out there. Mm -hmm. When some of these other schools got wind that I was visiting FAU, they thought I was really considering FAU. They had no idea that I was just taking an official visit there because of this D-line coach that I was really close with. Schools are like, what do you need, a house, a car? Like, we got you. We'll take care of you. This is back in mid-2000s. Wow. Why didn't you take it? Because I was, I was going. I, I knew I needed to go to the University of Miami. The, my largest class at UM in four years is, was forty students. I needed that small. Did you have anybody in your size. life tell you to do the right thing and not do the wrong thing? Did anybody tell you to do the right thing? Um, when that was going on, I wasn't. I wasn't telling a lot of people about what was going on. No. Like, I, I didn't even Another tell my mom. Really, my mom didn't even know. Like. That there were schools that offered houses and cars really? and different things. You weren't telling that to anybody. I wasn't telling it to anybody because okay. loose lips sink ships. Not, not even mom, huh? Not even mom. Because okay. mom is definitely, mom was working two jobs. Well, mom is definitely going to be like, okay, really? Like, we could get that? Let, let's go ahead and do that. You think so? A- absolutely. I don't know. Your mom got pretty far in life without, you know, cheating the system. 100%. But at the same time, my mom was looking at, Oh my goodness gracious! I I now have to get you a car because you got a scholarship and go to college. I didn't have a car in high school. Mm-hmm. Like she, like we struggled to put together like the starter pack, the, Can you the imagine laptop what, with a little fridge in, in in your room. Like we struggled to get those things. Can you imagine what your guy Devin Shapiro would have done with nil? <laughs> Are you kidding me? Well, that's another thing. At the I mean, University nothing, of Miami, nothing it, really stopped him anyway. It's a private school, so Nevin Shapiro was a booster for UM. Mm. When you walk into the University of Miami as a freshman, you are handed a booster. There's somebody that pays for your scholarship mm. because it's not a state school, so it's not funded by the state. So each and every individual had these little boosters that mm-hmm. were millionaires that you were allowed to go to dinner at their house, but mm. you could not take certain things. Mm-hmm. That's how Nevin got in at UM back in the day. Oh, boy, did he get in. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's on the basketball court. He's running out of smoke with the football team. (laughs) Have at it. That documentary about you guys, it was really before your time, though, but it was, um, my goodness, Miami. Nevin was around when I was there. Nevin was there in 2000. um, What was that, 2007? We are getting ready to play Florida. There was a a dinner that there was. Okay. Yeah, there, he was there. He threw a dinner, and I'd say about 80% of the football team was at that dinner, and he laid down the law. There was price tags on everything. Mm. Offensive linemen never get anything, though. Like, what, hey, go out there and block. Okay, do I get some money if I just block? No, you got to get touchdowns and sacks and safeties and things like that. Offensive linemen, just go do your job. I have, hey man, help me with college football. Why should I love college football? 
Why, why should why, you love college football? Because it's entertaining as all get out. Yeah, and it, why the, is it the playing field is even now? The tempo, the speed, the high scoring. So I just got to ignore everything else. I yeah, really, the playing field is even now. Yeah. Okay, we just got done admitting that there's cheating everywhere. So <laughs> if you're going to cancel one thing, you might as well cancel all of it. <laughs> but am I not? Oh, wow. I'm getting some resistance here. But okay, am I not just watching one school who can pay the kids more than another school? Am I not watching a, a, a weird version of the Yankees against the A's every single time? Oh well, yeah, you kind of are. Yeah, but at the same time, you'll have like some guys come from a certain family traditions, and like Drake May, like he's Mister UNC. Father went there, mother went there. Yeah, two of his siblings went there. One sibling won a national championship yeah, yeah, in basketball there. Story. So it's just like, where the heck was he going to go? It doesn't matter how much money Alabama was trying to pay him. He was going to the University of North Carolina. So you'll still have some guys that are just pure, and, and that's in their bloodline. And It would be interesting to see at some point in life in college sports if they just declare how much NIL money one school is spending compared to another school and just lay it out there so you got to kind of know what the – I suppose – you know what, though? What am I even talking about? Maybe we'll get there. Let's look at it like this. We'll keep, we'll keep it home. Let's say a decade from now we came to find out that CU, all of those players, all of those four- and five-star recruits that they were getting paid to come here, would that change your perspective on how you view CU? I guess not because they asked uh, the athletic director there, I'm sorry, his name is the skate. Rich George. Rick George. They said, how are you going to pay for Dion? He goes, I don't know. We'll figure it out. <laughs> Fixing the fine now. He like he didn't care. Like he knew the money was going to start rolling in because of Prime. And it has. Yeah, and you, it has. Yeah, you're charging, what, 10 bucks to and go to the spring has. game? They sell it out. Right. Um, it, it's, they got a luncheon coming apparel. up, I think, at the end of the month, and it's, you know, 150 bucks just to get in the building. Yeah, and they figured he didn't sponsors. care. I mean, it's, yeah. He knew. Yeah. He knew. He'll be is, just fine. How much is Shador making this year? How about Travis... Travis Hunter, what, what's he getting paid? I mean, Shadur just bought, what, a brand new, what was it, Rolls-Royce or Maybach or something? Maybach, like that? Maybach. Yeah. Maybach. Yeah. Both, yeah. both of those guys are top 10 coming into 2023 in NIL. So, there you go. What were the offense? Mm. But the offensive linemen. Yeah. They're just down there. What the, were those guys? They're I down mean, there at the Burger Shack. I think, I think one guy's got a smoothie contract, like a smoothie endorsement or something like that. Nice. We need you to drop 15 pounds. Yeah. We're going to give you a smoothie contract. They hey. had one guy, I think it was last year, who had like an underwear deal. Hey, this is uh, Orlando oh, Franklin. I remember that. Yeah. This, this is uh, Joe Lineman at yeah. CU for the kiosk on Pearl Street Mall. <laughs> <laughs> Shador's driving by in his Maybach. Hey, keep selling that crap at the kiosk. You're looking good. Kind of fat, though. All right, I'll see you later. This is The Drive on the Fan.